was just going to read a journal entry that I wrote when he was in the hospital the first time, you know, because I think it is appropriate for right now. So as I'm sitting here watching my husband of 19 years lay with tubes and wires all over monitors, Ted hose, catheter, I sometimes question God, and then I'm sorry for doing that. I do know that God is in complete control over our lives, and he has a perfect plan. I know that he wants to bless us and that he simply, we simply need to ask. It is hard not to question God and wonder why he would allow a good, honest, decent man to develop cancer, but I do know in my heart that there's a reason. Maybe the reason is to bring us closer to him or to bring our children to him, or maybe it's to, to bring a lot of people in Charles City and around the country to him. Mike believes that he is going to do mighty things for God, and then for that, I'm completely happy. 2001. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, Facing my marriage-ending affair or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. So today I wanted to do things a little bit different. We're we're actually doing a little fireside chat for lack of a better word as I bring on these special guests. I have Eric here with me as well because I feel like what we're talking about which is cancer today is it becomes a family problem. I mean, I don't even like to use the word problem, but it becomes a family issue and that everyone whether they want to or not has to face it. And so I'm so excited for this guest because, you know, Mike is someone that I consider a unicorn. He has been battling cancer for 20 years. He's actually the only person I have found out there that has been battling for the 20 years. And he is not just, I mean, he's not surviving. He is thriving. He has a very successful business and it's no surprise because after listening to him talk in our interview, I can see exactly why, you know, with his mental toughness, his, his grit, his no quit attitude, you know, um, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. But what I also love is that we were able to all talk about the things, you know, that affect our families and, you know, how much of this is not just a, an individual fight, it is a family fight. And I know for them, it has become that. And I'm so thankful for his wife, Paula, because it is because of Paula that I'm having them on. And because of her, her blog, I've been able to find much more faith, hope, and just inspiration through their story. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Mike and Paula. Okay. So I'm so excited about today's episode. Um, I was really nervous and I don't get nervous often anymore, but, uh, the guy that you're going to listen to today is what I call my unicorn. He is the person that I'm chasing. And I've talked a lot about this, you know, in some of my podcasts on how 
you know, what you're chasing and, and what you're looking for, you know, your brain needs to see possibility. And so a couple of years ago, I chased this girl named Kim, you know, she was on Instagram, Kim can kick it. And I would be so inspired by how hard she was working. And she was right around the same amount of time that I had been fighting. So, you know, allowed my brain to see belief and that really just strengthened my faith. Well, this lovely lady, Paula, had messaged me on Instagram and I went to her blog posts and I was shocked to find out that her unicorn husband has been battling cancer for 20 years. Now, a lot of you might go, oh, 20 years. But for me, what that did was the opposite. It went, oh my gosh, this is giving me so much hope and so much faith. So today I have Mike and Paula Molstead here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Thank Amy. Thank you. And then additionally, I have my husband here because spousal support is such a big part of this. And because of Paula's <laughs> blog, this is why we're here today and why we're talking about it. So I'm so grateful for spouses and I don't think that they get enough credit. So I really wanted to bring us all on and make this kind of like a fireside conversation. And I will have in the show notes where you can find Paula's blog, because I will say she is so great with her attention to detail on what Mike is on. It's been a long journey for him. So it's like, for me, those details really do matter because I love to send them on to my doctor. Um, but you'll, you'll have that in the show notes and, um, but before we get into like the discussion, I want Mike to give us kind of the synopsis. I know you can't really give like the full thing, but you know, it's been 20 years. Tell me, first of all, when you were first diagnosed, did you have symptoms? Were you going through anything to find out that you had cancer? Oh boy. So fairly unique situation. I had a rib injury from golf of all things. I was a state long drive champ in Iowa and I hurt myself trying to hit a ball 400 yards. And I actually did that in 1991. Uh, I went to several different doctors over a period of time. Every time they do a chest x-ray, they'd say, oh, you know, you got this soft tissue injury in your ribs, uh, but it should go, you know, take six weeks off, it should go away. Uh, it just got worse and worse and worse till finally my local uh, doctor sent me to Mayo uh, and interesting, even the first time we were at Mayo, they did a chest x-ray, said the same thing, you know, you got this rib injury, um, it's in a tough spot. We think probably a better idea than trying to, you know, do any surgery on your rib would be to have you just wear this heavy-duty chest strap and play golf in this. Well, it got really uncomfortable where finally I was like, I've got to do something. So we went up, we had a uh, newborn, a uh, six-month-old at the time. We went up to... Uh, thinking I was, you know, this was the second time up there after we'd been through the pain clinic and other things for the rib. Uh, and, and they ended up putting me with a thoracic surgeon uh, to have him do a CT scan and, you know, recommendation on what to do with this rib injury. So we walk in with our little one and, and uh, we're waiting for him in this little waiting room. And all of a sudden he walks in, but he's got like four or five others with him and they didn't look like the, uh, they look like real people, you know, they're not the <laughs> yeah. around the hospital. And he said, you know, sometimes you come here for one thing and we find something else. And I actually handed the baby to Paula, baby Jack, who's now 21. <laughs> and wow. uh, he, uh, this is how long ago it was, even the CT scan those days, they used to just pop up and like, you know, like you'd see an x-ray. 
So it wasn't, yes. you know, now we're into big screens and everything else when we're there. But, um, and he said, yeah, you see this spot right here in your lung? And it kind of looked, it looked to me, it looked like a bullet hole. Um, he said, I think that's tuberculosis or lung cancer. Wow. When you walked it, when you went in there hoping to get a rib fixed for golf so you could play golf and you're in your thirties, uh, as you know, yeah, uh, that's a bomb to drop on you. So, um, we, um, needed to go to a son's ball game that night. It was a few hours away from Rochester. And so they scheduled me right away for bronchoscopy the next day to check it out. So we, we did that the next day. We had to wait over a weekend, which, you know, for all those people out there who have been through those, you know, waits after a scan or a, a test, especially when it's cancer. Um, and on Monday, they told me it wasn't cancer. There's was no cancer cells. We don't know what it is. We're just going to monitor it. Again, we don't know if we can really do anything with that rib. We think you should try to live with it. So I did. I went another six months to like June of that year, and I was just miserable. So I went back up to, uh, again, not on the lung, but on the rib, but they wanted to do another scan on the lung. And uh, they did. Um, and fortunately, um, the, the, the thoracic surgeon who did all three of my thoracotomies over the 20 years, he, he just had a gut feeling. He just said, that doesn't look right. I need to fix the rib. Uh, by then, they kind of figured out the rib was a dislocated rib. Uh, it was kind of cutting mm. me inside of me. So uh, he said, we're going to do a thoracotomy, uh, and we're going to take out your upper lobe and get rid of that thing. I wow. wanted out, ironically, at that moment. You know how you are? You got cancer. You're panicked. Yeah. I want this out. You know, you just, I want this out right now. Now, now 20 years down the road, I understand to take my time, process, study. Yes. I've got you know, a wife that's unbelievably... I mean, if I had any kind of cancer, I would call Paula, <laughs> you know, from anywhere in the world because she's smarter than so many people because she studies it nonstop to keep me going. And uh, so, you know, me being a jock, former college football player and, you know, been through a lot of different weird injuries. I was just like, hey, let's do it. Let's get it on. Let's get this thing out of here. And then he uh, said, well, now I got to tell you, this is the worst thing we do here for pain. Uh, I was big and strong at that time, about 60 pounds bigger than I am now. It was all muscle. Wow. Yeah, I looked like Eric, actually, back then. <laughs> so I don't look like Eric anymore. It's beating me, it's beating me down pretty good physically. But uh, anyway, um, he said, yeah, yeah I got to go through, you know, the thickest part of your back where all your muscles are. And I'm going to, they didn't tell me they were going to dislocate my shoulder. So anyway, uh, to keep this in a time limit, because we have so much, you know, it just, we did a thoracotomy. Um, he had told me I'd be in the hospital 10 to 14 days. That shocked me being, uh, my wife was in the hospital, like less than a day when we had the baby. So right. you know, they kick you out pretty fast right now these days. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was tough, really tough. Uh, and, uh, but I got out of there like in eight or 10, something like that. We went home, but began to spike fevers quickly. Um, we went back up and unfortunately, because I was so muscular, the, the lung usually moves up and it didn't. And actually, I've uh, MRSA formed in that area. So wow. I was in for fight of my life. I spent 18 days in the hospital. Um, I never thought I was, you know, in trouble, but I sold nurses later cars through our dealership. And they were all like, we didn't know if you're going to make it. 
So they're blessed we got through that. You know, when I asked about my shoulder, they're like, oh, yeah, we dislocate your shoulder for the surgery. I'm like, what? Nobody told me that. So, uh, but they, you know, told me, hey, we, you know, small spot, we got it. Uh, We don't think you'll ever see it again. You know, one of those great, wonderful meetings. And, you know, so we went five years uh, on our five years. Wow. So five years, your first time that you went between finding out again. Without any sign of reoccurrence. Did scans every, you know, three months, then six months, then yearly. and Correct. So in 2006, um, you know, going in thinking, hey, this is the big one. We'll have a big party afterwards. Five years, right? You're cancer free. Yeah. Um, they had to drop a bomb on me that there was two spots in my left lung. And uh, so, again, upper lobe. So another thoracotomy. Um, when another five years. Uh, in wow. 2011. Uh, I can't get over that five year mark. I know. 2011, um, unfortunately, it had showed itself again on the right side. And uh, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. There was one spot on the left side. Then there was two on the right in in 11 uh, in the middle lobe. And, of course, you know, because you can't live without a lower lobe. You can't live with just a middle lobe. They uh, resectioned that and um, um, and then met with us a few months later. Uh, on a follow-up and just said, listen, even though you don't have any evidence of disease right now, we believe you're, you know, stage four. Um, I, I had nothing in my lymph nodes at the time. Um, still don't, uh, that we know of. Same. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. But, uh, you know, cancer is so, you know, acts so differently for everybody, but so, um, we, again, were one up there, you know, in a wonderful mood thinking, you know, here we go. I feel great. I'm past this surgery. Uh, and then they dropped that. Well, we think you're stage four and actually said, you know, you could have a thousand of these and we just can't see them uh, that small. Wow. So, so it's called multifocal non-small cell lung cancer because they've got, multiple. you know, at least seven gotcha. that you know of. Well, so so on the way home, you know, we have five children. 11 grandchildren now on the way home, uh, you know, those drive homes are very emotional when you get bad news yeah. and we have about an hour and a half drive to Mayo. We're blessed to be relatively close to Mayo, but on the way home, uh, you know, we were talking about it and, you know, whether we, what do we tell the kids? And I said, we're not going to tell them anything. We'll tell them when we need to tell them something. I don't have anything right now. And 2015. So now four years later, um, we get the bomb dropped on us. That's, uh, I don't have one or two. I have seven tumors. Wow. Lung. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, and by then they had actually, uh, sent my, uh, frozen tumors from all my surgeries to Boston to a lab had isolated the RET gene, the RET gene, which is typically yeah. seen much more in thyroid cancers. But, um, and, uh, so really unique. Uh, about 1% of lung cancers are less. Uh, good news, we know it. what's driving your cancer. Bad news is there's absolutely nothing out there to, you know, fight the red gene in lung cancer. So um, so we, we continue to do, you know, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, but, you know, a, a lot of holistic stuff, and Paula can cover all that with you. Uh, we believe that that's why I'm still here. Um, we did go about three years uh, till 2019, not four years. So uh, in 2019, 2018, they actually asked me to go on a drug. I can't tell you the name, but now we did the research on it. 
it, it reminded me of somebody if you went you know goose hunting you didn't even aim your gun you just shot it into the you know hoping to hit something it didn't have anything to do with what i was dealing with so we said no um you know um actually let me back up in 06 you know they 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 pushed me to possibly do um um a chemotherapy at the time that was you know 50 some years old highly toxic we studied it and um i felt like i probably would die of the treatment instead of the disease mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i said no and uh they were a bit shocked uh the oncologist at the time i looked at him and said so you're saying you would do this and you know it was going to give me about a four percent better chance of living five years than if i didn't do it um and i just looked at quality of life um i have a strong christian faith i looked at him and actually said there's worse things than dying and he just looked at me like oh. but uh but uh i said listen you know i i know where i'm going i'm not ready to go there but um you know that's not my decision to make that's god's decision so so we choose not to so fast forward to 19 uh we're meeting with my um radiologist at mayo and he's got to let me know that on the recent mri that we have a small spot in my brain and so in 19 we found out i had a small spot in my brain about two millimeters. Um, and he said, you know, Mike, I don't know for sure that that's lung cancer. Uh, and I can get it. I can get it with CyberKnife and other things that they, you know, they can do. But he said, I'll be honest with you. I know you're stubborn. I know you're a Christian. I think God put it there to get you to do this new drug that just came out, which was a clinic being clinically trialed. Uh, it was called Blue 667. Um, if it would have been 666, I wouldn't have done it. But <laughs> so anyway, uh, we prayed about it, you know, and just said, all right, let's go. And uh, it did a, it did its job. It shrunk all my tumors. The spot on my brain went away. Uh, but as you know, um, those drugs take a toll on you physically. And yes. over a year, it took a pretty good toll on me. And some of it we weren't prepared for. Uh, and, um, I think if you're better prepared, you probably handle things better. Um, so, so they, uh, felt like we should, you know, it was going to get approved. Um, I was doing well. They thought, let's take you off it for now. Uh, now knowing my spots were not gone, my lesions on my lung were not gone. They'd gotten small, right. some as, some as, some as much as half the size. So, wow. um, and, um, so, um, Unfortunately, though, uh, as what you're going through in a follow up scan and MRI uh, about eight weeks ago now, um, a couple of my tumors in my right lung have decided to get a little more aggressive. Who knows if it has to do with the fact that I did medicine, you know, the medicine? I don't know. Who knows? Right. Yeah. And, and, that, that's, and that's a, a place you don't really want to go to. Right. Because the, right. the what ifs can really right. mess with you, especially when you have faith and you've prayed about something and have taken your route. You almost have to just stay going all in on that and knowing, hey, this is, I mean, God has you here at this place for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the, uh, um, the even, even more concerning is I have three small mats in my brain now. So wow. uh, yeah. And so um, we made a decision to go back on, there was actually two drugs that were trying to be approved at the same time similar maybe like two kinds of tylenol or whatever um and uh we're on the other drug now and uh you know we're six weeks into it um you know got some stuff going on but 
not really telling anybody too much. I might tell you today <laughs> intentionally, you know, here's the way I look at it. And I know you've said the same thing. I've listened to some of your podcasts now. Uh, if I wasn't having side effects, it wouldn't be working. That's how I look at it. So that's, that's what motivates me. Um, um, and, uh, you know, cups always half full for me. So I know it's working. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm planning on running until the sand runs out and I'm still living my life every day to the fullest. And yeah. I love that. I actually, I took a quote from the, the blog. It was from the blog and it said, I told God when I cut my last deal with him before my last thoracotomy that I would give any and all people I could hope if he would allow me to hang around a while longer. Thankfully, he's continued to give me that opportunity and I tend to do it until the sand runs out. And here's the thing, Mike, you give that for me. So if it's just one well, person. You the same for me, I'll be honest with you. My <laughs> wife talked about you a while ago. She said, you, you got to see this person. Uh, yeah, she's you know battling what you're battling and she looks just like Brittany, which is our daughter-in-law. And when she showed me your picture, I'm like, oh my. So <laughs> Well, yeah. it was a God thing because we're older. so we don't, we're not techie, you know? So I was on Instagram and I don't know, I was looking at somebody's thing and they had hashtags and I thought, Oh, I bet I could type in hashtag lung cancer and find some people. And I did that and found you and this other gal that I started following. And I'm like, looked at your podcast. I'm like, she's super fit. She has this podcast. It's awesome. And so it was, it was a God thing. Totally. Yeah, so. totally. I, I see it that way. So let's talk to the, the spouses here, because I know, like, I even know for myself, I, I tend to not talk about all the, the lows or the challenges and our, our spouses have to see it. So I'll let you go first, Paula. What has it been like if you could just summarize watching him go through that? And what do you think sets Mike apart? Because I'm sure you've seen a lot of people pass away from cancer over the years, especially if you're any in any cancer communities. I try to almost stay away from them at times, but yeah. what do you what do you think it is that Mike has that others don't? Well, I know faith plays a lot into it. And I don't know how people go through it without faith. I I do I did follow some people that had lung cancer and it's hard because they keep dying, you know, and it's like I don't want to read that stuff anymore, but right. You know, it, that one lady in particular, she was an atheist and I followed her for a while. And I just, I don't understand how you can get through it without faith in God. And I don't, I mean, sometimes I do question God. I think everybody does like, why, yeah. why does this have to happen? But then you, Pull on your big girl pants and get on with, you know, reading your Bible and just giving you encouragement. And like today, um, I mean, this is a verse that I've always loved, but Hebrews 11, one, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. We just have to have faith and hope that, you know, things are going to get better and God hears our prayers and he might sit, not save Mike on this side, I mean, he might, you know, anytime soon, something bad could happen, but we just have to believe that, that he's going to live a long life and that he has things under control and we just have to give it to him. You know, I love that. And I, I can already see, cause I'll let Eric go next, that 
your power with him is what's going to make him stronger too. Because I know for myself, I, I can think of a particular story. I'll let Eric share that. I called him on the phone. I was actually just had gotten my news. He wasn't with me. So I called him to tell him and Eric, you can take it from there. But because it was a life-changing moment for me is it's the reminders from our partners. So do you remember that, honey? Which the, the good news? No, the bad news when I was like, I'm, I'm, I was bawling and like, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, cause we, I think it's important. Like we all struggle. Like, oh, I okay. this happened, this happened a couple of times. So you're talking about back at our, when I was, when I drove home the one time Yes. we were in, yes, the, yes. in, the, in the doorway hallway, that story. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I just uh, well, gotten bad news, right? Yeah. And I was actually, um, uh, at a bank a bank appointment, and uh, you text me, and I said, "Okay, I have to, I ha- I have to go. You know, I have to head home." And uh, you know, just one of these things where, you know, my answer, my first answer for Amy was going to be faith. You know, faith, and then I would say family as a motivator. You know, wanting to be here for everybody, and you know, got kids, and like you guys, we have five children as well, six really when you count um, Annie, and. Uh, yeah. You know, I had come home and we had just, you know, sometimes you just like you, you, you obviously trust, you have no choice when you're in this fight or flight state to really just not really look hard at your circumstances because they're your circumstances. They're, you don't get to look away from them. Right. And, uh, oh man, these circumstances are really crappy, you know, right, right now. And at that point, I remember going home and just, you know, there's nothing left. So you just, you just have your faith. I remember just saying to God, I'm like, is this it? you know, kind of, is this, is this, but this was more of a hopeful, is this it, is this, is this where you kind of show up, you know, with a, with a, with a, with a door that's kind of closed. I remember going home and seeing Amy and, and just like, you know, you don't really have a way to, 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 to logically solve your problem. You just don't it's just, it, it does not compute, does not compute. You know, the calculator doesn't go that high. And, um, I remember just saying, you know, we we're just talking to, we'll get, you know, they're, somehow we'll get there's another side to it you know what i mean like we'll get through this and and i don't know how we don't know we don't know the what in the situation or the how or or whatever but um you know we're over there already you know what i mean like you got it we're we're you're i'm just trying to think back i mean you're just you know you know what other choice do you have it's like that it's like that remember that devotional i found um, that was the one I was thinking. You're like, either you believe or you don't, Amy. Like you were so aggressive with me. That's right. That's right. You know, so it was just basically, I was reading a devotional on my phone on anxiety and fear at the time. And and I think one of the days, day three or something like that was the author had said, listen, you, you got to pick a side already. You know, you're either in or you're out, yeah. you know, you either believe or you don't pick a side and, and stop being in the, you know, like lukewarm on it. Yeah. Exactly. I got a saying that I learned from a boss early on. It was either you're pregnant or you're not. So, yeah, yeah. your faith, you know, and I tell my employees all the time, you know, I, I'm I'm always trying to pick them up and motivate them and, you know, uh, get them to, uh, you know, not accept less than what they're capable of. But I, I've shared with them in, on a lot of occasions. We have about 85 employees and uh, that, you know, it's easy to be nice when it's easy. Uh, it's easy to be a good friend when it's easy. Uh, but when, you know, the crap hits the fan, uh, that's when you'll, you know, you find out what you're made out of. So, uh, you know, I have, I certainly have had my moments. Uh, I want everybody out there to know, cause I, you know, 
I definitely am trying to give anybody that's in the same type of situation hope. Don't don't think we don't have our moments where we feel sorry for ourselves, but I quickly usually pick myself up and say, listen, this is a waste of time. And I don't know how much time I have. So why would I waste it sitting here feeling sorry for myself? You got to get going, dude. So, yeah. and, uh, and I've always been about, never been big on people that could talk a game, but couldn't walk it. I was a big Muhammad Ali guy because I liked, he could talk and then he could back it up. So, uh, you know, if you're going to profess to be a Christian or have strong faith or uh, be a positive person, whatever, your actions speak a lot, you know, a lot louder than your words, obviously. So. Oh, I love that. It's so powerful. Amy has a saying that's similar. It says, these have faith for someone else. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone would say that to me. And I'm like, you know what? Tension is the test because we all have faith for others. But then the moment they have their first struggle and Hey, I mean, I just consider myself now, I mean, you're like the, the king of expert here because you've had a lot of those. And, you know, if I would have known years ago that that's where you grow, I think I would have embraced it, you know, better in the beginning because I would have seen like, this is my quote unquote opportunity. Not that I want this opportunity. I don't want to be here, but it's like I've said to Eric at times where maybe his perspective has not been the same as mine. I'm like, honey, I've been blessed with a perspective that you'll never have. I don't want you to have this perspective, but you are never going to see the the feelings in and that I have. You know, like it just changes the way that you are. And I try I to that as a gift. You know, I'll have people say, uh, oh, you're going to be fine. Oh, you look great. And, uh, you know, and you, in, in the back of your head, you're like, oh, if you only knew, <laughs> if I could just hand this ball off to you for a little while, I'll just take a step over to the sidelines over there. But, but then I think, okay, Lord, you've given me an opportunity rare. That's really rare. I, I know what I might be dying of. Other people have no idea. Now, yes. I don't plan on going anywhere soon, but it, get, it it does open your eyes to a whole different perspective. When you get out of bed in the morning and you know, and you don't have a headache and you don't have blurred vision or vertigo like you've been dealing with, because I've dealt with that, um, uh, stomach ache, whatever, right? Um, you don't feel like dog crap because you know you got all these chemicals in you. Um, or or you do and you decide to get up and go anyway. Uh, it, 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 you look at everything differently, everything. Uh, and you know, I have my moments where I'm like, oh, geez, you know, do I really even need a nice house? Material things don't mean anything. And I think, well, hang on a second. Uh, you work hard and, and so there's nothing wrong with having a nice house for your family and all those things. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're not taking any of that stuff with you though. So it's just stuff. Right. right? And so it does, it's a whole different perspective on, Every moment you get with your kids, your grandkids, your your spouse, you know, for me, uh, especially, you know, with Paul is my best friend and we've been best friends since the first day we met, which is kind of, you know, unique because, uh, you know, I was a jock and all my jock buddies, you know, had girlfriends and stuff. But it was just different with her right from the beginning. And uh, but uh, and I, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her, because I probably would have took all kinds of advice that she she encouraged me not to take. Um, you know, you're just, you, you, you just, you'd like to believe that, you know, everybody has your best interest in mind, including everybody in the medical field, but some people don't, I have a saying, you only know what you know. And, you know, and if That's they only yes. know, you know, radiation, chemo and 
surgery, let's just say. So there are other things we can do. I think I lost you for a second, but that's okay. I want, I mean, everyone knows that follows me. I don't have great internet and I know that you live out kind of in the the country as well. So we're, we're winging it, but I, I, I got what you were saying, which, you know, you only know what you know. And, um, that's, that's a really important one. I know as of recently, I mean, you know, Eric came to me and I'm kind of glad that he didn't, uh, really tell me initially like what it was going to cost because he started doing some research on alternative, you know, therapies. I'm not as far into it as you, but like we talked about before we started recording, you know, I've lost my back teeth. I'm starting to have the effects on my organs. You know, there's a lot of things that like they don't want to go as strong on certain chemotherapies because of the long-term effects that I'm already dealing with. And so, you know, he came to me and he's like, listen, I'm going to go spend, a, a, you know, close to 20 grand on this, this stuff. And you can't say no, you're not going to allow, you know, I'm not even going to take no for an answer, but we need to start looking into these other therapies. And it doesn't mean I don't still have faith. You know, and Amy, I know that you've got, you know, you fight for it, but we need to see what we can do. And hey, we've been blessed to be very successful with our business. And we're seeing that as a mean to, you know, be able to do that. And, you know, he was smart in in doing that. And I'm not the science person. Like I am not like Eric, where Eric can go read like a study or read something and be like, this is what it's going to do for your body. And this is, you know, why we're going to get it. Um, have you found that alternative therapy has you know, helped you in that, the, the longevity here, because I'm sure you're at a point now, especially with it coming back. I mean, I'm always hoping for the miracle that it never comes back. But what I have learned is if I can accept that I need to learn to manage it, my scanxiety is lessened because now at least, because the first time I went to remission, no, no psychologist, no counselor sat down with me and said, listen, while this is great news, don't be surprised if tomorrow you wake up in fear of it re- returning. No one talked to me about that. I, I visualized this huge party and no one told me that a month later I would be freaked out about going to just even get labs. You know, no one talked to me about that. So do you think the alternative therapies have helped you? I would say yes, for sure. Um, you know, the uh, and, and it's funny you mentioned, I call it scanning, uh, scanxiety, but uh, told the doctors of mail, you should really send my appointment cards the day before. Don't give me six weeks notice. So I don't have to <laughs> sit around and think about it. Cause you know, I literally my whole life, I've got such a, uh, I've a mindset, uh, that everything, you know, I believe a lot of things are mind over matter. So, um, you know, I have a tattoo on my arm says, don't give up, don't ever give up. Uh, and it has the date of my first surgery when I'm having a off moment, I just look at my arm. And, uh, you know, whether it's uh, work, athletic field, uh, you know, whatever, I just look at my arm and, and uh, you know, I've never quit anything in my life. So but the uh, uh, the, the other stuff that we've done, it, it'd be nice to know what is working. Right. You know, you wish yes. it was crystal clear, but there's no question. I mean, I did get one phone call one time from my surgeon at Mayo and First, we had talked about some of the alternative things we were doing, coffee enemas and all kinds of other stuff that we were doing. And of course, they, you know, they're freaked out by that stuff. <laughs> you know, they're like, right. what? but um, but he said to me, uh, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you're outliving everybody. So, you know, and that was a few years ago. But um, and so, you know, we just were committed to it. 
it's becomes a way of life for you. You know, we've already uh, spent 45 minutes in the infrared sauna today, you know, did our coffee enemas. Uh, you know, we get up early, we get going, we do the stuff that, you know, I always figure cancer doesn't take a day off. So I'm not taking a day off. And that oh, I love that. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't take any time off if we're in a hotel, you know, we, we, I, I heard you the other day talk about Ritz Carlton four seasons, our two favorite, um, you know, we were just at the four seasons in Chicago, seeing our son for a few days, a couple of months ago. And we come in, we have a whole suitcase full of our <laughs> stuff that weighs a ton. They're always like, wow, these people really travel heavy. <laughs> well, one suitcase is just full of, you know, all this alternative cancer stuff that we do in the room. And, you know, and I got to give Paula, um, I'm so, so super proud of her just on so many levels of just the kind of person she is, but she has from really from the get go said, listen, if you're doing it, I'm doing it. And so mm. all the, you know, most of the stuff anyway, She's not doing the chemo pills. I couldn't get her to do those with me, but <laughs> but she does it with me. You know, uh, literally, she's doing it if I'm doing it. So, um, um, yeah. That, and that makes it that makes a huge difference. I mean, Eric is you sure. know, all the goodies came while he's gone, but he's like, I can't wait to come home and do this with you. You know, um, as you guys know, because you're doing 75 hard when I went to Eric and said, yeah, thanks you know, a I'm lot. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> if I were me, he was like, you're in trouble for no, that. He's loving <laughs> no, it. No, I'm actually loving it. I'm it's, addicted to it now. It's, but <laughs> it's great. We're on day 16. Right? So it's great. I love the mind, you know, that it's just it's good for so many levels of things that I believe in. So totally, totally. Well, and, and that's where we have great spouses where, you know, Eric was like, I'm, you know, he's like, you're crazy and I'm going to do it with you, you know? And that makes me, you know, fight. Our whole family is doing their, the kids are doing their own little version of it. And, you know, one thing with it coming back this time for me, I've realized, and you're already ahead of that game is this has to be who I become in terms of, I will have to travel with these things. I did have to change my diet reluctantly because I love my, my sugars and I just can't, you know, and that has been a shift just as of recently that I said, you really don't miss it. It's really interesting because, you know, again, uh, I was a pretty big dude. Uh, you get big, you know, by putting stuff in your mouth. Right. And I like sugar. I like, you know, yeah sugary stuff, White high carbs, and all the high carb sugar. stuff and whatnot, you know, so initially I was a real hostage, but now, you know, now it's a lifestyle and you're used to it. And, and when you even, uh, of course we, there's no cheat right now with 75 hard. Right. But when you, right. uh, if I wasn't in the middle of that and I was, you know, gonna take a bite of something, it doesn't even taste the same anymore. You know, it doesn't, the, the stuff that used to taste amazing. Now I was like, Ooh, man. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm training my brain with that. Like I'm telling myself, like, I don't like, you know, processed things, for example, because I'm like anyone else with her. I would love to have a good old bag of chips every now and then, but I'm really trying to connect the the link in my brain. Cause then you don't miss it. Like you said, because you realize the trade-off is, you know, like this time for 75 hard, I'm actually eating at maintenance instead of like, I've always been like deficit or diet, you know, females are always doing that. And this time my push is to eat 2,100 calories a day. And that's been such a game changer for me and just how I'm feeling right now, because it is all clean eating, you know, single ingredient foods. And, you know, it's, it's changed my perspective, but I, I was curious about that with the lifestyle, you know, and how you um, were able to just 
manage even the thoughts around it. But I mean, you know, you feel de- if you think you're deprived, you're deprived. So it's a lot about what you you focus on, right? And what you decide to think is hard. Well, dying is hard. I mean, you know what I mean? That's the reality, right? So um, I love that. So I want to ask you, like, if you could give the audience, you know, someone listening today that's going through a challenge, they may not be going through cancer, obviously, but their own challenge. What are some of your daily or weekly rituals that you partake in that really help remind you? Because I know we can go through slumps. What are some of the things that you do to keep you um, grounded, keep you, you know, um, full of faith and hope? Well, um, you know, I, I accepted Christ as my savior when I was 14 years old. So I was kind of a fence straddler for a long time, but um, I never really understood why, how he could love me when I was doing things that um, I knew he knew I was doing and I knew I shouldn't do, but I was doing them anyway. But then I had kids. And once I had kids, uh, God's love made total sense to me because, you know, your kids can let you down uh, do, you know, crazy stuff. You can't believe they did it. And actually you end up loving them more, not less because of it, you know? Mm. So, um, so a lot of it comes from my faith. Uh, you know, we're pretty avid readers. And so, and I've always been, um, this, this is the easiest part of 75 hard for me is, you know, I'm, Paula is one of those persons that will start a book and she's going to plod through it no matter what. I'm going to start it. I'm going to get 20 pages in. And if I don't like it, I'm canning it. So, and if, 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 it, if it typically, if it's somebody that's really never done it, so they're good at talking about it, but not good at doing it. I'm just not interested. So I've always been about, you know, um, I'm not saying that's right. That's just who I am. So right. I, you know, I've always, uh, uh, spent time daily uh, with motivational type stuff to motivate me uh, to, to be a better person, to be a better, uh, you know, I own um, a number of car dealerships and, and, you know, and we came from up the hard way. Uh, I didn't even graduate from college. My dad built John Deere tractors with his hands, all this from a wow. poor family. So, you know, we went and borrowed the money and paid it back and, and did it, you know, it was unusual. I uh, just had a fire in her belly. And if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have done it because she's the one who encouraged me to, you know, uh, I probably would have stayed in this cushy job I had running a huge dealership in Cedar Rapids. And she's like, you're never going to be happy till you, you know, take your shot, take your shot. And so we went and bought two little dumpy little stores in a small town in Iowa. And then we turned it into something, but 14 employees when we started. So, but wow. uh, yeah. So, but you know, our, our regiment daily is going to be all of our alternative cancer stuff. It's going to definitely include a workout, always has. We build a, you know, again, we've been blessed, but been blessed with a lot of hard work to, to you know, be able to do some things. We build a, a, a standalone building on our property here that's a gym uh, full of equipment. Um, our sons uh, who live close by are really into CrossFit. One of them competed, tried to be compete nationally. He didn't want to eat clean enough to be at the very elite top. <laughs> So he was really good, but not quite good enough because he didn't want to eat clean enough. But uh, fun to watch, though. That stuff's crazy. But um, yeah, at that high level, especially, you know, when they're throwing stuff around like crazy. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, fitness has always been a big part of it. Eating healthy. Paula's been on that for first. You know, I've been bat- battling this for 21 years now. So it's, uh, you know, we've been we've de- we've tried several different diets over the time. We were vegan for a while. Just going to mm. say we- Vegan, we did keto for a while, paleo, you know, 
And I, I definitely think your diet, you just need to cut out sugar because cancer feeds on sugar. They need right. to all that. They you know that's why a PET scan shows the cancer because they give you a bunch of sugar and it likes exactly to eat it, you know, but now we just eat as healthy as we can organic always, unless you're out at a restaurant and you can't, and then, you know, take some charcoal or something to help absorb the chemicals, but definitely think diet, you know, it helps a lot, but it's not going to make your cancer go away by just eating a vegan diet or a keto diet. You know, you, you need to, all the choices that you make every day, what you put the lotion you put on your body or the, you know, don't burn candles that have chemicals and don't use use chemical household appliances. It can really overwhelm you actually. It it can, (laughs) but you need to take small steps every day and read about that stuff. And because there's some bad stuff out there, you know, that we need to learn about and we need to, we need to take control. She does all the reading and has all the crazy ideas. I'll come home and she'll say, Hey, this is this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what did you read today? You know, (laughs) but uh, great. I got to give that up too. You know, but, you know, at the end of the day, and you mentioned it a little bit ago, it's it's a it, it, it might be, a, you know, I'd rather live than, you know, eat a sugar cookie, even though I was the king right. of eating sugar cookies, especially at Christmas time. You know, I would mouth six of them a night that she would make. But, you know, there's just choices you have to make at some point. Easy for me. Uh, I know for other people, people have a, a harder time making commitments um, I would tell you, um, and I love that about the 75 hard, just reading the book. I was like, oh man, this guy just thinks the way I think, but, um, you know, it, it, um, making commitments and sticking to them, make you feel so good about yourself. And yes. you don't have to, have, you don't have to have cancer to do that. You know, that's, that's just, that's just a good way to live your life. Take the high road. Right. Uh, but, but, but having lung cancer, especially when they've dropped that bomb on you, as you shared you know, you get that, you look it up on, you go Google it and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a 1% or 4% chance of living five years. What? You know, and then, and then I just shut the computer and I'm like, that's it. I'm not, that's not me. That's everybody yeah. else. But, you know, and I, and I, I want to share this because I think it's really important. Um, um, in one of my uh, checkups with my radiologist, I love my radiologist at Mayo, even though he's, I've actually not done radiation. Okay, I've chose not to wow. do it up to this point. There really hasn't been a reason with my particular answer to do it. But um, one day, you know, he had to give us some not great news a few years ago. And when he gave it, you know, we've had a lot of that, you know, just because I had these gaps in between, there's been a lot of not great news, you know, meetings. And uh, when he when he gave us this not great news, you know, Paula got emotional, um, like, you know, said some things a spouse will say, like, this isn't fair. He's such a great guy. He always does the right thing. You know, those type of things, which, you know, um, it's easy to, you know, to, to feel that way when you're in the middle of it. Uh, I had an emotional moment and I said, I'm sorry, I got to collect my thoughts for a minute. And he said, and I quote, he said, are you kidding me? He said, you got to understand something. When you come here, you encourage this whole department. Everybody here gets a lift when you're here. Uh, he, he said, you shouldn't be apologizing because you guys are shedding a tear right now or whatever it was at that moment. I don't remember. But uh, and and so, you know, I'm trying to use this crap that I have to live with every day 
as you are. I'm so proud of you. I, I don't know if I could do a podcast or not, but uh, uh, I just want to give people hope that you know oh. it's not. It, you don't have to quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Uh, keep turning rocks over. God's been doing miracles forever, and you might be the next miracle He's going to do. So, and and, and maybe your miracle because this is one thing I've really, really like tried to lean into lately is maybe it's going to be the example. Maybe that's the the miracle is that He keeps you in the game as long as you. Because I mean, for me, I don't think you even realize, Mike, what a uh, what this has done for me when I I read her blog. I mean, I went to Eric. I'm like, I have to talk to this guy. I'm so excited because it's giving me more hope and, and hope makes your body fight more. You know, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I can do this another day. I mean, Eric can testify to this on my hard days. I try to make those my best workouts. Like I come in the gym and I, I show my body who's boss. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, right, Eric? Not easy though. <laughs> Not easy. Though. That's really hard to do. That's I'm, I'm super proud of you for doing that though. And you know, I, I cut several deals with God, like you can cut deals with him, right? But I can still remember the night we were driving up for my first surgery, you know, uh, with our lives tipped upside down. And we just left our six-month-old with one of our best friends and not knowing that Paula wasn't going to, you know, Paula never left my side. She never left my room. Um, other than if I was during the day, maybe she went to shower quick. At, but she slept in my room every night at the hotel. And, but, uh I mean, at the hospital, I mean, yeah, I uh, wish it was a hotel. <laughs> it was no hotel. But, uh, you know, I, I remember vividly we were driving up to Mayo and, and my buddy, Greg McDermott, who's the head basketball coach at Creighton, called me and said, hey, Mo, uh, love you, man. I'm you know, praying for you. And uh, I said, you know, Greg, I, I just want to see one kid get married. I just I'm just I just I want God to give me a chance to see one kid get married. Of course, uh, by the time the second time came around, I wanted to see a grandchild. And now we have mm -hmm. four kids married, 11 grandchildren. And, you know, so the last time, which was 2011, the deal I cut with him was I'm I'm going to give everybody I can hope for the rest of my life. Yes. Just let me live. Yes. And, and, and if you choose not to, you choose not to. That's your will. I know, you know, the Bible says we make plans and <laughs> God has his plans. Right. So. Right. uh yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Paul has something. I was just going to read a journal entry that I wrote when he was in the hospital the first time. Yes. There, you know, because I think it is appropriate for right now. So as I'm sitting here watching my husband of 19 years lay with tubes and wires all over monitors, Ted hose, catheter, I sometimes question God, and then I'm sorry for doing that. I do know that God is in complete control over our lives and he has a perfect plan. I know that he wants to bless us and that he simply, we simply need to ask. It is hard not to question God and wonder why he would allow a good, honest, decent man to develop cancer. But I do know in my heart that there's a reason. Maybe the reason is to bring us closer to him or to bring our children to him. Or maybe it's to, to bring a lot of people in Charles City and around the country to him. Mike believes that he is going to do mighty things for God. And then for that, I'm completely happy. 2001. Oh, uh, well, you are doing mighty things. And, you know, uh, 
I think you're going to, you need, you're going to have to get on social media. I mean, I just, I started following you on Instagram. I'm going to put you out there on this and that more people need to hear stories like this. I mean, especially because it's, it's bled into every other area of your life. There is, I don't believe it's by chance that you are as successful as you are because it is so much of this mindset of the never quit. You know, it's probably why you love like 75 hard, same thing. I see all the parallels. Like when people are following me, I try to say to them, listen, I know you're not battling cancer. You're probably not. But if you apply these same things that I'm teaching you every day, that's going to be a a game changer for you. Um, And then Eric, what were you going to say? We see that with, uh, we say that to sometimes struggling fat loss clients who are successful in other areas of their life. You know, it's still the same. You have this ability and these traits and these characteristics already developed. You just don't know how to apply them over here, right? But there, there are commonalities, you know, in, in both of you. You know, uh, you know, Amy's very much like this where, you know, there is no quit. You know, it's just not an option. You know what I mean? Like your, the faith, your faith is what gives you the hope gives you something to hold on to, you know, on low times and shows up, uh, you know, at the weirdest times. And then you're, you know, you have a driver, you know, I was saying, you know, you, the second part of that question was your family, you know, you get upset and say, you know, I, I want to be here for everybody. You know what I mean? To experience these things. And, and, you know, we've actually also just tried to, to live our life as much as possible as if this isn't part of it as well, you know, so it doesn't just become your, your entire you know, your entire identity, you know, um, and therefore, and therefore you do also set goals still for your life, for your life. You set, you, 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 you still dream, you still, you know, set your intent, set what you want for five years from now. You know, Amy does all that kind of stuff. Um, where if she was literally just wearing that, you know, I have a serious cancer identity hat all the time, you know, that would have totally affect everything else about your day and how you experience your day during these times. Yeah, totally. So good. So I want to, I want to wrap this up with one more thing. And I, I, Mike, I want to have you on again. I think that, you know, we could definitely discuss some things for people that it doesn't even, like I said, you don't have to be battling cancer. Everyone has, it's all, you know, relative to you. Right. But on uh, Paula's uh, blog, which you have to go read these journal entries. They're so encouraging. She's always got Bible verses and but she was reading the book Radical Remission and Radical Hope. And the author says that after interviewing thousands of terminal cancer survivors, she discovered that every one of them did the following 10 things. Okay. One, exercise. Doesn't matter what, just move your body. Two, find a spiritual connection. Three, empower yourself. Four, increase positive emotions. You have a choice over these types of things. Five, they followed their intuition. Six, they released suppressed emotions. I've been working on that these last few years, dealing with the trauma, dealing with the therapy, working through it, asking for forgiveness. So much of it is biblical. It's just crazy to me. Um, Seven, they changed their diet. Some ate vegan, some ate paleo, you know, keto, um, just not the typical, you know, standard American diet. And then you said eight, they take urban supplements. Nine, they have slash define a really strong desire to live. You got to have your purpose. You know, as Ben Newman, I'm going to be interviewing him. You got to find your burn. What's your burn? You know, you want to see your kids. Mine is 
our baby Leilani. I want to grow up with her. I want to be the mom that she needs, you know, and then 10, they increased their social support. And I am so thankful today to say that Mike and Paula, you are now in our our social circle. And I'm so inspired by you. I don't think you even, I can tell you're a humble person and that's what makes you even more special. So I will have in this podcast episode, the link to her blog. I want you to go and I want you to go follow Mike. I mean, when I do share this live, you will see, I'll have links to it, um, to his account and also to Paula because our spouses are so important. You know, I mean, Eric has to deal with this, you know, he didn't ask for this as well. And, you know, we were engaged, you know, he proposed to me after finding out I had cancer and has been here for the entire journey. So talk about just unconditional love. He didn't have to take that on and he did. So thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so appreciative and just giving the time. Yeah, thank, thank you. you very much. We loved it. So, yep. so glad listening to your story. I yeah, brought you guys you. into our lives. Pleasure to meet y'all, both yeah. of you. Okay, I'm on a mission. As you know, if you've been following along, I have a goal to be a top 100 podcast. And it's less about that top 100 and more about, I want to make an impact. I want more people to hear effort and learn from all the mistakes that I've made, along with me bringing on really special guests for you. So my ask here is this. I want you to screenshot this episode today and share it on your social media. Share it with a friend, you know, tag me in it. Go give me a review, of course, if you're really feeling it and rate me. You know, this is the only way things are going to get seen here. And in a big world of tons and tons of podcasts, I'm hoping that you're going to choose mine and help me on my mission.